And this is Habakkuk 2, 6 through 8. Would not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not make, wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey because you have plundered many nations and the, the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. When I began to uh, study and to, I kept asking myself, what am I going to say? Lord, what, do you, what, what am I going to say? And God kept saying, you're not going to say anything. I'm going to speak first of all. Let me get this right. Let me check you real quick. You, not, you won't be saying anything. It's about me. I said, okay, Lord, you got this. All right. And then um, he said, it's not that hard because I've spoken. My word is uh, before you. So get, in, so get into the word and, and I'll tell you what to say. And so it says in, our, in verse 6, Will not all of them taunt him and ridicule them and scorn, saying, Woe to him who, had, who piles up stolen goods. Remember, this is response to the, prophet's, to the prophet's question about what was going on in chapter 1. As Father Meek said, it was bad enough that they had to be punished, but they had to be punished by those who were practicing more evil than them. People who are not saved. It's like us as Christians, believers, and then God says, you know what? The people outside, I'm going to have them deal with you. You're like, what? Lord, that's, that's not fair. But also God speaks out to the Chaldeans, which were the, the Babylonians. Remember, God's time is not our time. He had to remind Habakkuk, your time is not my time. Before we really dive in, have you ever just... I had to think about this, and God reminded me. He said, remember how there were certain people that, there were some times that you dealt with people when they wronged you, and then there was other times where you allowed me to deal with them? Think about that. Have you ever just sat back and let God deal with your enemy? I know I have, and it was the best thing that I could have done. Now, I'm not going to say I was jumping up and down, screaming hallelujah, yeah, you got him, God, finally, it's about time, but... God's punishment was perfect. It was flawless. And I'm always reminded that there's a, um, in the commentary that I read, it says that as humans, like, we shouldn't get mad at people. And I think I shared this before because only God knows how to be mad for the right reason, to the right decree, and for the right period of time. Because either when we get mad, we get upset, we either, we're going to do too much, or we're going to do too little and then realize that, oh, man, I should have did more. I should have been even more mad. I should have did this. Only God knows how to punish flawlessly because he's a perfect God. That makes sense? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Verse 6 complements verses 4 and 5 because we see that in the text, these predatory Chaldeans, these, the Babylonians are now becoming the prey. I don't think they knew about Proverbs 16, 8, where it says, better to have a little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Because remember, woe to him who steals and who piles up goods that don't belong to them. So, so he's, maybe they didn't see that proverb or the proverb that says, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Mm. 
Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. And I had to think about that. I said, well, wait, wait a minute. If I got some wealth and I'm chilling, I'm good. Oh, yeah, because when God comes, all that's going to burn up. None of that's going to last. It's all going to be burned up. So I can't hold on to anything. And so maybe they, maybe they didn't see that part. I'm also reminded that, um, I'm reminded of a couple of things, but as I was looking to the text, I was looking, I was reminded of Father Abraham. And you might remember when uh, God was about to destroy God, Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham kept going back and forth with God. Like, Lord, surely you wouldn't destroy a whole city with righteous people in it, along with the ungodly. That's not, that's not you, God. And so then he went back and he said, okay, well, I'll, I'll cut the number down. He said, well, if you can find, he said, Lord, what if I can find 100 people? What if I can find 50 he said, okay, well, what about five? If I could just find five righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you destroy it? And he said, surely, Lord, you won't do that. And God said, for the sake of five, I won't destroy it. We all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. It was destroyed. So obviously there was, dang, that's, that's sad. It wasn't five righteous people. I'm reminded of that. I'm also reminded of America. Oh, don't get quiet now. That, uh, it, us. There are some things that... It, don't get me wrong. I love being American. Uh, but there are some things that we have done that are evil in the sight of God. Amen? And so because of that, I'm reminded of America. Uh, and for the sake of time, we're not going to go through all the things that America has done um, that, that are evil in the sight of God. Um, also, in, in no way, don't tell Pastor Meeks that I said, we like Israel, we're the chosen people. No, I didn't say that. I said, we, I said, and sometimes we would like to think that America, we are God's chosen people because sometimes we, act, we act like it, you know, but we're not. I keep, just make sure I don't want Pastor Meeks to say, hey, I heard that you said. No, I didn't say that. You know, I know church folks. Amen. No. Amen. I'm keeping it real this morning, you know. Um, we are, it also reminds me that people can speak to God and he speaks back. In this text, we see that God, that God spoke back to Habakkuk. Uh, there's a quote that said, it has been said, if, we want to, if you want to speak to God, pray. If you want God to speak to you, read his word. It's that simple. If you want God to speak, read, uh, to pray. And if you want God to speak to you, read his word. Now, this text is so relevant because, I mean, everything that, that I see in the text, I'm like, wow, that's so relevant today. Even though it was written over 2,000 years ago, it's still relevant today. And so as we get, Brother Bert, am I okay if I move around? Okay. So I don't want to get too far out of the camera zone. Um, as we get into the text this morning, our, our title is, Woe to Him. And as we get into this, I want you thinking about how does this apply to me? How is this relevant to me? Because a lot of times we see the text and we're like, oh, that's for them. That's for that person. I'm good. I'm great. Me and God here. I don't need none of that. But this text is relevant to all of us. So the title is Woe to Him. And you can concentrate on the, on the text. And so we see, um, excuse me, we see that all these things are going on inside the, the scriptures, and, and, and God is still making a way. Also, in verse 6, a very important word arises, the word woe, W-O-E. 
Not woe, not W-H-O-A, but woe. The, the word, the, this word woe is very significant. Woe in Hebrew is an interjection that expresses pain, dissatisfaction, mourning, and warning. Now, in the context, woe is a lot more weightier than it's one syllable. You, like, you think about woe, you just say woe to him. Woe, that doesn't sound significant at all. You might just speed up, right, read right past it. Woe, it's not, what about it? Well, just in case you're thinking that this interjection is not that serious, Jesus uses it in Matthew 23, 13. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. Remember, as I'm, as I'm preaching this morning, Think about how does this reply to me? And when I read this, I would not like to be on the other side as Jesus gives these woes, these W-H-O-E's. Woe to you. This is Matthew 23, verses 13. I'm going to read a couple of Woe to you, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who want who are trying to enter. Woe to you, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make him twice the son of hell as hell as you are. Woe to you, you blind guys. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold on the temple is bound to an oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? Woe to you, you teachers of the law, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the important matters of the law, such as justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Woe to you, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the dish, but the inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the outside of the cup, I mean the inside of the cup, and then the outside will be clean. Woe to you, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead and everything unclean. Woe to you, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. Woe to you. So in this text, he says, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Think about that. For a minute when I read woe, I said, wow, that was, woe was, it has a different meaning now. And when my Savior got it, he was giving it to him. I would hate to be on the other side of that. Woe to you. And, and he's still speaking today. And that, that's one of the things about that text is that those, uh, uh, a lot of those teachers and Pharisees, there's a lot of those still today, right? Doing things externally, but internally are crooked, jacked up, heart is messed up. But God is watching all of them. So re remember, this whole text is a reminder that God is watching every act. God sees it all. Even though he even sees, and sometimes we think about, okay, well, that person is doing this, that person's doing that. He sees more than that. We might see the little crooked things they do, but he sees even more than that. Verse 7, will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey. 
See, the Babylonians thought that they were scot-free. But God, again, God knows it all. See, God's scales are not unjust. God is perfect. And a lot of times, and on the, on, what I also want you to think about is think about your life, what you have done. We look at the Babylonians, and Habakkuk was probably looking at the, uh, the Babylonians as well. Look at these evil people, God. How can you allow them to punish us, your chosen people? Well, my people have committed adultery upon me over and over and over again. He compares uh, the, the chosen people, Israel, to, uh, to, 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 to something, an animal that's in heat. Just has to have it. That's what, how he looks at his chosen people, and he still loves them, still continues to make a way to redeem them. And he's still making a way to redeem us this morning. Still working and working, even though sometimes we don't want it. We don't want it. Keep it real. Sometimes there's times, Lord, I just don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read. I don't want to talk to nobody and tell them how great you are. I want to be left alone. Why? Because of our sinful nature. That's everybody in this room. And if you are not, if you say, no, that's not me, you make God out to be a liar. And we all know that God is not no liar. What does this tell us today? That we don't need to be consumed with thoughts of, will those people continue to get away with that? Uh, one of my coworkers, there was, uh, we had a common enemy. Let's put it like that. And we kept like, Lord, man, it's not fair. Like this person is just, man, and they getting all this money and we doing all this and it's not fair, Lord. I'm doing this and oh, I'm just, I don't, I can't take this no more. I'm about to do something. I just, I'm about to just snap. And God, God reminded me, said, you shouldn't be consumed with those type of thoughts because first of all, I gave you that job. Um, your reward is in heaven, not on earth. And so if you continue to think like that, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be happy. Think about that. Some of you guys might work your butt off for $2 an hour. No, I'm just saying, it's not $2 an hour. But you work your butt off, right? It seems like $2 because you get paid, you're like, oh, where all my money go? Um, we are consumed with, these, with God, God, like Habakkuk. Lord, how can you do this? You can allow those people to do this to your chosen people? And God's like, look, I got this. Remember, your time is not my time. I got this. God will deal with every deed. That's, that's, you should say, ooh, because that's scary. Yeah. Not only will he deal with the ungodly, he will deal with the godly. He will deal with us as well, right. with every sinful deed. Like Habakkuk, we get anxious looking for justice and get ahead of God. Or is it Habakkuk the only one? No, sometimes I know we get anxious, we get ahead of God, and we're looking for justice. And on the flip side of that, I just thought about something. On the flip side of that, God just said, it's funny how when you, when you are on the other side, right, when you do something wrong, you are living in, you're being unjust, unfair, right? You don't want God to come and punish you quickly. 
You turn into the Lord, most merciful and gracious God. Lord, have mercy upon me. Right? We don't want God to deal with us quickly. We will, Lord, just give me uh, one more chance. Just one more chance. If you don't count this against me, I'll do better next time. And I'm pretty sure God's sitting there thinking, what happened? You said that last time. In the time before that, in the time before that, in the time before that. So even in his, his righteousness, he deals with, uh, deals with us justly, right? When we should have been taken out, killed because we've sinned against God, God said, no, don't worry, I got that. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. But when we are the ones who are being harmed, when we're treated unfair, Lord, deal with them. Do it right now, right? Bring down the fire right now. I can't wait another second, Lord. And then when he says, well, what about what you did last night? You're like, oh, Lord, Lord, that's between us. We don't, uh-uh. Lord, we don't, uh-uh. We don't talk about that. That's between me and you, and you are the gracious God. Right? It's funny how things change so quickly. Um, but also, like God told Isaiah, what did he tell Isaiah? He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So he's addressing Habakkuk and letting him know, I got this, I'm God all by myself, I don't need your help. And don't, and then on that flip side is, I know your heart, I know Rejoice because know that it will be taken care of, but not on your time, on my time, because my time is perfect, even though it doesn't seem like it to us, right? In our carnal thinking, like in our flesh, we are impatient. That's just part of our sinful nature. We got to have things right now. You think about microwaves, all these uh, protein shakes. I was in the shop and I realized, I said, Lord, this is a sermon all by itself. I looked at everything. When I walked into the supplement shop, I said, instant greens? instant protein, instant energy, instant uh, fat, like just cut off your body. It's just, wow, look at all this stuff. Instant everything. And so then, and it's funny because we as Christians are on the outside, right? We're supposed to be opposite of the world. And so it's hard for us because everything in the world is instant. We want it right now. Everybody's telling you, you should, you call right now. You want that body, you right now. In the next five days, you can be as slim as you want to be. And if my wife was here, she'd be like, you know what? You were the number one caller. You got P90X, Insanity, uh, the Total Gym. You got all these different things that you tried looking for that instant fix. And God's saying, no, it, it takes time. It takes time. It's, you have to be consistent. If it's one thing I've learned about working out and, and building muscle, it's consistency. Right? And so God wants us to be consistent, and he's telling Habakkuk, I got this. And why is he telling me, and why has this happened to the Babylonians? He says, because you have plundered many nations, the, peoples are, the people who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood, you have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Finally, in verse 8, we hear God's why. 
Why is this happening? Why is this going to happen to the Babylonians? And I know Habakkuk is rejoicing now. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he might not have seen what happened, you know, seen it. And so, again, but, but Lord, I want to see it happen. I mean, you're saying this is going to happen, but if I'm going to see it, then, I mean, it's really not, you know, you know how we are. It's not, it's not, it's not as fun. Right? So I, I want to see you crush them. So I can say, yeah, that's my God. Yeah, my God did that. These Babylonians destroyed cities, even nations, and now have to pay for it. Remember I said it reminds me of America. Um, I, I was almost in tears. Um, I looked at the, the bombing of Hiroshima, the atom bomb. I watched it over again, and when I looked at all that life that was destroyed like that, it made me sad, like, Lord, this is what we've become. This is what we are without your grace, without your restraints. We will kill ourselves. We will destroy ourselves. We will destroy. We have enough, uh, um, all, this, all these bonds. We can destroy the world, like they said, like 15 times over. Because we, in our sinful nature, we want to have the power Right? And so I said, remember, it reminds me of America. And I, when I seen that, I said, Lord, I, Lord, please, I, honestly, take me before that, uh, before that happens. You know, I want to I be, be with you, you know, before uh, we get that bad. Because as you look at the end times, it's, it's here. It's now. Things, all these things are happening. Wars are going on. <clears throat> but we see that it all catches up to us. Finally, we see that it all catches, catches up to us because the Babylonians thought that they were scot-free. They thought that, you know what, we're the Babylonians. We conquer nations. We destroy. We got this. And God says, no, I will deal with you. You're not, you're not, you're not getting away. And it reminds me of some, there's some things in my life that come back to, to, to haunt me. And I was like, Lord, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be dealing with this now. But at that time, when I did it, I thought I got away with it, and I was happy. And now I want to scream and, and, and shout because it, it hurts, right? Some of the issues that, that I have mentally because of the things I think about, Lord, I just, if I wouldn't have thought about that, I wouldn't be crying right now because I, I, oh, it's just so perfect. Now I see the need to follow your word, to obey you. Because righteousness will deliver from death. Righteousness will deliver from death. And on the flip side of that, God deals with us all differently. He went, I, they, this guy gave me that. He wants, remember, I deal with all my people differently because sometimes we think, well, if I do this, then I know what's going to happen. I know the outcome, so I'll go ahead and do it. And then you do it and you realize, wait, wait a minute. This is not what happened to so-and-so when he did it, and I can't deal with this consequence. God deals with us all differently. He sees even more than we do. Remember Isaiah 55. My ways are higher because he sits in a higher place. He sees more than we do. It may seem like he turns uh, uh, um, his eye to evil, like he's not watching, but he is. He he, he is watching. And so this morning, simply put, the message version says... Who do you think you are? Getting rich by stealing and extortion? How long do you think you can get away with this? Indeed, how long before your victims wake up 
stand up and make you the victim. You've plundered nation after nation. Now you will get a taste of your own medicine. All the survivors are out to plunder you, a payback for all your murders and massacres. As Christians, one day there's going to be a new earth, new earth a new heaven, and we'll be able to reign with God. Amen. To reign with God. And so we want to make sure that we're on the right side of that line. And so, just, it's so relevant. The word, sometimes, and I encourage you all this morning, sometimes it just seems like, Lord, I just, it's too much work. You know, I study this word and sometimes I just don't understand. It's all worth it. It's all worth it because in his word is the answers to your life what it is that he has for you. On my, on my drive here, God was talking to me and saying, you have found what it is that I want you to do. Now, right? Amen. But now, one of the, the, the biggest challenges is accepting it. You can know, that's the easy part. You know Right? All of us in here, we know God has called us to be Christians, but the hard part is accepting that He has called us and walking it out. This part is easy. And I, and I thank God, too. Just a little shout out to God. Uh, it was my, my birthday week this week when I was studying. I'm like, Lord, I don't, don't want to do this. Lord, when Pastor Meeks called me, I said, you know what? Brother Bert available? You know, we got, it's my birthday weekend. I'm not trying to be studying and all this stuff. I'm just keeping it real. I said, Lord, I just wanted to chillax. And God, I got into it. I said, okay, Lord, whatever. You know, again, you got to go against the grain. Got into it, started prepping. And I was finished so quick. And I said, Lord, good. Now I can still, ooh, Lord, you're so good. And he was like, look at you. Look at you. You was all that complaining and crying and whining. And I, I, I'm God. I got this. So remember that as we, as we continue to, to, to walk out this life, remember, let me read those again. Remember those, those proverbs. I, I think those proverbs are so, so profound. They, they'll take us a long, long way. It, it, the, the Proverbs 16, uh-oh. Proverbs 16 and 8 says, um, excuse me. Better to have little, you can write this down. Proverbs 16, 8 says, Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Because there's one thing I know about having something that you shouldn't have. You don't know when it's going to uh, be taken from you. You're constantly watching it, seeing if somebody's going to jack you. I remember I, I, somebody, when I was little, somebody gave me this bike, right? It was stolen. Right? My brother, he can attest, right? And these, uh, and it's nothing against my Asian brothers, but it just happened to belong to some Asians. And these Asians rolled up on my boy and said, this is my bike. And had I been on that bike, I probably would have passed out. I don't know what I would have did because it's something about having stuff that doesn't belong to you. You don't know what can happen, what could be the consequence. And so we don't want to have 
ill-gotten goods. Proverbs, also Proverbs 11.4, uh, keep this one. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness, righteousness delivers from death. Remember that because a lot of times as in our sinful nature, just being in our flesh, we want and we want and we want. And God's constantly saying that it's going to end, it's going to end, it's going to come to an end. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. Right? It was something about, and I'm just going to be transparent. Right? When I got this, the, uh, when me and my wife got our car, right, I was like, oh, this mug is clean and tight. Oh, Lord, we so good. Oh, my God. It's right. Then about two weeks, I'm like, this is the same. It's all right. It's cool. I mean, I'd rather have a BMW, you know what I'm saying? A 745, you know what I'm saying? But it's all right, right? I just, because our flesh is just, it's always craving more and more. And that's what the Babylonians' issue was. They kept conquering nation after nation. And then finally, God says, ha, it's coming to an end. So remember that. Amen. God bless you.